people. I have something very exciting to announce. This Labor Day weekend is the 16th annual Kennedy Center Page to Sage Festival featuring stage readings of new works. And I'm very happy to announce that I have not one, not two, but three new plays in the festival this year. My adaptation of Peter Pan from Tinkerbell's point of view, commissioned by Adventure Theater MTC and aptly titled Tinkerbell. A new comedy drama about the first year of raising a child entitled The Guilt of the Possible. And my new work for Flying V Theater, Sheila and Moby. All three readings will be on September 2nd and they are scheduled in such a way that you can easily see all three. The best part, Page to Stage, is completely free. I've got all the details up at unknownpenguin.com live. I'll be at the festival all day on September 2nd, so if you're coming, be sure to let me know. Again, September 2nd at the Kennedy Center, free readings of three new plays by me, Patrick Flynn, free admission. Unknownpenguin.com live for all the details. I hope you can make it. All right, here's the show. Do you ever have that experience as a performer or even as a, as a writer where you're sort of sitting watching something and you're going like, I don't have anything to do with mm-hmm. this. Like, I don't... I'm I... a woman, so yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Okay, I just want to write that down. All right, 1.07 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> my privilege showed. Whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to the Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a playwright, actor, producer, poet, and plays ukulele and sings in the band Bourbon and Blonde. She co-founded and co-produces Act Out, a bi-monthly theatrical action series. She's a company member with Pinky Swear Productions and with local burlesque troupe Manic Pixie Nightmares. It's Natalie Ann Pagari, everybody! Hello. Hello. That's where you say hello. Uh, hello. I know there's a lot of alliteration in my bio. There is. It's very nicely crafted. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's like I'm good. a writer. <laughs> or something. Something. Well, I knew this day had to come well, sometime. Of course it did. And here we are. Tell the people what you're talking about today. I'm talking about cats. Anyone who knows me knows um, that's what I'm usually talking about. Uh, I, I was like just like kind of like looking at myself like right now. Uh-huh. I have a cat tattoo. Um, yes, you do. Um, several cat pins. I'm wearing like a vest. Um, my tote bag is from a uh, used bookstore. Who's like little? They have two cats: uh, Chaucer, uh, Chaucer and Thomas, a cat purse. And a cat phone. So what else would so I talk about? So you are full about? tilt cats. Yeah. All right. I didn't, you know, sometimes it's like embarrassing, but also most of the time I'm just like, f*** it. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Well, live your truth, right? I'm living my truth. So, I like the thing. <laughs> all right. So here's the thing. Um, yes. So we nobody were, likes cats. Well, here's the, the thing. Th- this is the thing. But this is what. I, so I, I, we were going to do this yesterday, mm-hmm. but then we had to postpone. And what I did yesterday, though, right before you got here, was I set up a Twitter poll and said, "Unfair music theater question: Do you like cats?" And of course, it, it went on Facebook too. And I was going to read the results while we were recording, and it was going to be a thing. <laughs> Everyone hates. Like, there were there were I think tepid 
responses <laughs> at best in the positive, mainly from people who had done the show, mm. who really liked the show. But even some of the people who had done the show were like, I oh, love doing it. Sometimes you hate it the most. I never want to see it. It mm-hmm. was always that. Like, I like doing it. I never want to see it. And over the course of this piling on of vitriol, I started to feel really bad <laughs> that I had even decided, like, oh, this will be fun. I'll read this on air. Because if we'd done this live, I would have felt terrible. Been like, Never mind. This is a terrible I'm bit. I am even more excited and compelled to share my joy about Kev. Good. Okay. So you, you gain fuel yes. from this. Oh, from this. Okay. Yes, Very I am. good. Then this is yes. going to be a lot of fun. Because <laughs> it's cats. It's one of those things that, like, people just dislike <laughs> cats. They just do. Which is only truly hilarious because it's the fourth longest running right. musical mm-hmm. in Broadway history. And now it's back. And it's back and it's doing very well. Mm-hmm. And people hate this show. And I really, so what I want to do today is figure out, <laughs> kind of figure out why. What is it about this show that drives people absolutely up a wall? And I think one of the, because well, one of the first complaints I remember hearing about it, I remember seeing Tom Hanks on Letterman. Mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago, and not 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and him saying he hates cats because no one can tell him what the story of cats is, which is a dumb complaint. Right. Because there's plenty of musicals that don't have stories and they're excellent. So, but starting with that point, <laughs> Natalie, what is the hell is happening in cats? Because, <laughs> um, well, they, the first song tells you, um, it mm-hmm. literally tells you the plot. It's, it is, it, it is, it is essentially a song cycle, and there are lots of wonderful song cycles, and Absolutely. I think this is. You know, it's very, at the time, it was very kind of uh, different, it had a different model, and people don't like it, things that are different. We want, like, the uh, the Aristotelian story arc, like, the inciting incident, and the up, the rising action, and the climax, and the, the denouement, and, like, which this has a little bit. They tr- they forced it in there, which I don't think was necessarily necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, like, Grizabella is this, like, little sad, like, old cat. She's gray and shaggy, and but she was, like, the glamour cat. And so she wasn't even a character in T.S. Eliot's book of poetry, uh, the Old Possum's Book of Practical cat- Cats, which this musical is based on. Um, she, Grizabella, comes from another poem, um, Rhapsody on a Windy Night. And so they, they, even the creators of this musical tried to, like, force a plot in there. But, like, I feel like the Reader's Digest version is, um, really something that, like, everybody can relate to. But, of course, I'm overthinking it because I have loved it forever. Like, I guess, like, 20 years now. (laughs) Um, these cats are trying to gain approval from like it's like the patriarch of the jellical tribal deuteronomy mm-hmm. um they're trying to kind of i guess be reincarnated or they're trying to go to the heavy side layer which is like i interpret as like cat heaven or right. whatever spiritual other place mm-hmm. um to have a new life um and so essentially it's about uh legacy and being remembered and um having lived a life worth living. And I think that's pretty relatable. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. So it seems, yeah, it seems, I mean, you say it is a song cycle. It is simply, mm-hmm. we meet cats mm-hmm. in pretty fast succession yes. who have done various things and are various levels of funny or evil or yeah. whatever it is. And then we're all, you know, and like you say, there is this sort of running arc of Grizabella getting to the heavy side layer and being reincarnated. Um, so you, have you read, you've read 
Possum's Book of Practical mm-hmm. Cats? Okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed T.S. Eliot. I've read Rhapsody on a Windy Night, and I um I think the it's it's a children's book of poetry, mm-hmm. but it's so clever. Um, I I mean I I do think the lyrics are the best part of the show. Uh, and also obviously I'm a cat person, and so I right. I do see you know my I think everyone sees their pets as having like so much personality, and I feel the same way. Like I. Like, see the cats, cats in my own. <laughs> and like, okay. The reason I do theater at all is because of cats, like the animal, not the musical. I never saw, I have never seen it on Broadway or anything like that. Um, but the VHS came out in like 98, mm-hmm. I think. And I wore that out. I like to death. I, it, I, it might be in my house somewhere, but it does not work. Right. Um, yeah, and so I had, let's see, I had a cat named Cheddar at that time. You're going to hear a lot about my pet. Sure. Um, and he was an orange tabby with green eyes, so he was Skimbleshanks. He was, okay. he was the railway okay. cat, and mm-hmm. like I like you know associated him with him, and I, and I loved, and I loved the idea that it's like Toy Story a little bit. There's like a little bit of that kind of what what happens when you're not around. Mm, and I, I see. And I loved that secret world that my cats might have mm-hmm. and now i'm a playwright and i create worlds so like you can sure. kind of see a trajectory there um at least for my career and so like i like cats i was obnoxious so my my, my mom got me this vhs of cats the musical and right. here i am now a playwright actor burlesque performer i'm in a band like it yeah you know all directly connected it, to kitty cats <laughs> so was that your first entry to the show was the tape or? yes oh wow okay mm-hmm. so you saw it first I, yeah. even though it was on video yeah yeah i uh that was, I, I'm sure I saw it, or maybe had heard of it, or it's, sure. like, there was a commercial or something like that. I don't know how else I would have known about it. Um, and then I found, like, the online community. Mm-hmm. So there are cats lovers out there. Oh, sure. But they're in hiding. Um, and in, like, sixth grade, like, I was, like, a musical theater nerd. And, like, also now, like, that continued. But, like, sixth graders don't think musical theater is cool. <clears throat> Well, the sixth graders I hung out with it, just so you know. But yeah, yes, oh, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a small group. You're not right, wrong. Right. You're, you're not wrong. Um, so I found like this online community of people who wrote fan fiction. Um, I wrote it too. I yes. have a fanfiction.net account exclusively for cats fan fiction that I wrote in from sixth to eighth grade. Uh, and you recently read some of it. <laughs> I did out loud in I front did, of people. I did in front of people. Yeah. who were like. That, how I did that go? Did I, that it was g- great for me. Good, all right. Well, that's good. <laughs> People were laughing. <laughs> I think, but not at me, maybe. Well, either, hey, either you know. way, so, I had a great time. It was well, a cat's snuff fic. I killed oh off the entire Jellicle try. This is in 2002, so I was, I guess, in seventh grade at that time. It's so dumb. Oh, my. It's hilariously dumb. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and there are things, and there's an Into the Woods and Cats crossover. Oh on my. there as well, which I actually have not opened since I since then, like so for that many years, sure. like, however, however long that it was. Guys, I'm just too ashamed. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. Cats was my entryway into musical theater, mm-hmm. and so I think next my next favorite was Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. So I, my taste got like you know slightly better. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a really good show, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Well, that makes, I mean, obviously that's a pretty straight line. You're a cat person. You mm-hmm. like cats. Your mom got you this video about cats yeah. and it 
took you over as yes. it would, and it is a really well produced video. As yes, well. it, is, it is. And I do have the video. I want to, you know, I don't, I don't. The thing I don't want to do is come down on the side of like, you know, old cranky music mm-hmm. theater snobbery. And so, listening to this show for the, I mean, for the first time, all the way through for the first time in years, it's this is long. not a show. <laughs> it is long, and it's not a show that I would ever throw in mm-hmm. ever. Because there's as many, there's a couple songs that I I enjoy and they, mm-hmm. they pop up on shuffle every now and again and they're the usual ones, you know, yeah. Mr. Mistopheles and mm-hmm. McCavity and yeah, McCavity is like top quality. McCavity's a mystery cat. He's called the Hidden Paw, for he's a master criminal who can defy the law. He's the bafflement of Scotland Yard, the flying squad's despair. For when the scene of crime McCavity's not there it is re- I gotta say the second disc is way better than the first disc the second <laughs> yeah. half is way better than the first half yeah. and it's really that's so not normally the way musicals right. go yeah. but the second half has all of my favorite songs mm-hmm. in it it has Gus actually it starts with my least favorite song which mm-hmm. is the Moments of Happiness yes um, that's boring anything has- with Deuteronomy is boring except for Addressing of Cats which is hysterical Oh yeah, the, my favorite. One of my favorite. I was just listening to this as so I walked over, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's like one of the lyrics is. A dog, the dog. And I was like, "You're not a cat. <laughs> You're not a cat. I got you figured out." Yeah. But it's got you know Gus the theater cat, mm-hmm. um, Growl Tiger's Last Stand, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a second. Yes. Um, McCavity, Mister Mistopheles, uh, the Memory Reprise, mm-hmm. Journeys. I mean, the, the, they're just that's a really good. And there's that the, my favorite part I found, which I had just totally forgotten about. I don't know if it's the McCavity fight mm-hmm. or what it is, but it's there's this motif, inst- long instrumental section in McCavity which has this instrumental version of a theme you first hear in Old mm-hmm. Deuteronomy in the first act, which is took me by surprise of how kind of sweet and beautiful yeah. piece of music it is, which is not something we often say about Andrew Lloyd Webber, that yeah. it's a sweet, beautiful piece of music. He gets a lot of guff and, and rightly so, yes, but absolutely. you know the man can can put some notes together. Yeah, it, it, it's that which kind of gets forgotten, and it kind of took me off guard. This little sweet mm-hmm. musical passage that I listened to a few times and was like, oh, that's nice. That's a fun little bit. But I was really surprised how good the second half of this mm-hmm. show is, and how just straight enjoyable and fun it is. So that was a I, I that and and the on this recording the I I didn't realize how much Terrence Mann. Mm-hmm. As Rum Tum Tugger sings, he yeah. sings a lot of songs, and so that alone will get me. That'll you know, Terrence Mann will get me through a cast album <laughs> like any day of the week. I don't care what it is. I listen to, uh, yeah. I listen to Scarlet Pimpernel. I, oh, I can, oh, that's he, another one. It's he just like great and terrible. <laughs> Ooh, that's a rough one. So you say that you know, as, as a sort of, edge, I should also say, I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> 
from a sort of practical standpoint. Uh So cats aren't my favorite animal. That's fair. Full stop. I don't hate cats Mm -hmm. in the way that some people do, but because it's not their fault, I'm allergic to them. I just, I I have the the added problem that some people I know have who are allergic to cats have that cats love me. Cats always want to sit on my lap Mm -hmm. and crawl around my legs. They know the person who is allergic. They know the person who hates them. They're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you, you. or just bother you. You know, I'm so convinced. So (laughs) it has come back to Broadway, Mm -hmm. minus Growl Tigers. Last Stand, which I will also confess was my favorite song when I was a kid. When I first got this CD, that section, Growl Tiger's Last Stand, was without a doubt my favorite section. Growl Tiger was a bravo cat who traveled on a barge. In fact, he was the roughest cat that ever roamed at large. From Gravesend up to Oxford, he pursued his evil aims. Rejoicing in his title of the terror of the Thames. <laughs> and then also it's really racist. Well, so that's the thing. <laughs> I didn't realize. I was listening to it. I was walking back. I'd walk my son to school. I threw him at your buzz. was walking back. Crowd Tigers last stand. Come on. And I was excited. I was like, here it yeah. comes. And then it got yeah. to the section of the fight. Yes. And I just thought. I remember sitting, like, I'm listening to this going, are they doing Asian accents? Is that what they're yes. doing? And then I then I backed it up and really yeah. listened to the words. And I was like, well, that's not great. Now, did they say the C word in the American recording? I, I don't believe so. Okay. No, I think that was cut. By, mean... by C word, I don't mean the C word. Right. I mean, I mean right. the, the, uh, the five-letter word uh, derogatory for an Asian uh, person. Right. Um, which is in, I think, the London cast recording. Oh. And it's certainly sure. in the original it's poem. That, yeah, it's yeah. in the poem for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's like, I imagine they, and I, it is really, what it's, uh, uh, Growl Tiger is such a fun story. Like, the song yeah. is great. Griddlebone is a great character. Like, she's so funny. And she's like played by Jelly Lorem, who doesn't get to do very much besides mm-hmm. like being uh, the Gumby Cat and like walk around. Right. Um, yeah, that is, uh, but that was in. So I, the first time I saw Cats was for my birthday in the national tour many, many years ago. I don't know what year. I think it came to like the National Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like early high school and I was and I am like partially blind. So I got to like sit up front because mm. um, I was like, well, I'm going to pay this much for not me, like my parents. Well, so I was like, yeah. if I'm going to pay this I'm much money, show, like I, I want to see, see the, the show, show because right. I can't, see, can't the show. see the show right. if I'm like way in the back. Um, and I was just transfixed, <laughs> like just transfixed mm-hmm. by every moment I was, there was no playing it cool. <laughs> and like, I, I think, I think also Katz has like given me this opportunity to just not play it cool ever. Oh, okay. Um, because I like, I don't believe in cool because it's so subjective. Uh, mm-hmm. we all try to be cool. And like, there's so much resistance against cats, I think, because it's like, it's cool to hate cats. Well, it's a decidedly uncool show. Yeah. Which I want to come back to in a second, but I want to wrap up the stuff about Growl Tiger mm, first. Mm. Unless, was it, was it connected to what you were? No. Okay, so we'll come, we'll come back to that. Yeah. I'm going to put a pin in that for a second. But the, the thing I really liked about it, e- even still, and it's a shame it has to be cut because mm. it is horrible. Right. Is that it is this really interesting moment in the show where we have a song about a cat mm-hmm. that then leads into this sort of flashback mm-hmm. fight scene, which is yeah. a lot of fun, which then comes back into the reprise of Gus the Theater Cat. Yeah. Which puts this kind of neat little cap on that story where, you know, Growl Tiger dies and it was one of his great mm-hmm. accomplishments is this performance. And then he kind of fades, Asparagus kind of fades away. And it's just, 
it's a very sweet moment, which is, I noticed this time, a little undercut by the then immediately appearance of Skimbleshanks, the Railway Cat, yes. which is the happiest song in the entire <laughs> is show. He's so cute. <laughs> These modern productions are all very well, but there's nothing to equal from what I hear tell the moment of mystery. Would I play mystery? That moment needs to breathe a little. It right, may in yeah. perform, you know, performance right. things can breathe better than in recordings. All but the yeah. songs kind of do that. There's like a, they're like Grizabella moments, like with that beautiful melody, and I'm like, Rum Tum Duggers. They kind of run away. It's funny yeah. how they sort of run away from the genuine emotion every now and again. Or mm-hmm. there's stuff on the first disc, I mean, Act One. Mm-hmm. I did listen to this on my phone. I didn't pull up right, my, my, my disc man. But the, um, <laughs> The uh, on the fir- in the first act where like McCavity theme pops up for mm-hmm. a half second or the Mr. Mistopheles theme po- and then mm-hmm. disappears and I don't I don't quite remember what that what that is or ha- mm-hmm. why that happens but it almost cause it, it almost feels wrong it feels like someone edited in the wrong piece of music right. or started the wrong and they went oh no no wait we're doing we're doing Gimble Cat we're doing Gimble Cat I forgot Gimble Cat right. you know we're doing Buster for Jones and I, I think just... well that's because in the show and performance uh, some cats sing about other cats like Mustafli mm-hmm. uh, Ms- is right he's Rum Tum Tugger uh, uh, he, he, he sings right Mustafli sings about Mungo Jerry and Rumble oh I see whereas in like the VHS and going forward it was those two singing about themselves mm-hmm. uh Rum Tum Tugger sings about Mistopheles and also he sings, but in the VHS it's just Rum Tum Tugger and like Mistopheles is like silent. Right. Um, McCavity pops up and scares everybody. Then, then, then things cool down. And uh, the music, a little like the, like the gentle De- Deuteronomy theme that you were referring mm-hmm. to is um, McCavity in a Deuteronomy coat coming on. Oh. And then the fight begins because Demeter, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the other cats, um, She's like, like the gold tabby cat who mm-hmm. sings Macavity with Bomb Ballerina, who's the red cat. Um, and she's like, that's not Deuteronomy, guys. It's right. another it's cat McCavity. wearing a coat. Right. Um, and so that theme, the Deuteronomy theme, they're like, oh, he's back. That's great. Let's, let's hug. And then she's like, hey, let's fight <laughs> instead. <laughs> and so they do. Um, and then Mr. Mistopheles brings him back with his kitty cat magic. The uh, oh okay yeah I see mm-hmm. all right that makes see now okay oh gosh there's so much great stuff here I have now, not seen this show in at least Natalie, ten years you're, you're, you're I killing me don't I know how every, I love every second of this this is like I have every everything memorized <laughs> one thing that I noticed during the cavity this time is uh when they're singing the song and there's some section about and I'll play it here about. Mm-hmm. Other cats are just agents of McCavity, mm-hmm. and so I might. And they say that all the cats whose wicked deeds are widely known. I might mention Mungo Jerry. I might mention Griddlebone. Are nothing more than agents for the cat who all the time just controls the operation. 
decorations, the Napoleon of crime. This is the first time I knew who Griddlebone was. Right. Like, really, because I, I, I'll get to why. I have seen the show, but I'll get to that in a second. And then I got into this weird thing in my head of like, well, Griddlebone's a, f- is, if, if, is Grot Tiger real? Right. <laughs> or not? Or is that fiction? And then I got into this other weird thing where I was mm-hmm. like, so they're on, in Growl Tiger's Last Stand, they're on the raft in the Thames having right. a romantic evening and then they're attacked and she jumps off the raft and Growl Tiger insists she doesn't drown. Yeah. And then I kind of thought, well, if Griddlebone works from a cavity, did Griddlebone set Growl Tiger oh, up? Oh, that's what I think. Is that yeah. what you think? Okay. Yeah, I think Griddlebone's like evil. Okay. I think she, like, yeah, I think she screws it him over. It was a setup. That yeah. was, okay. That's wow. why I like that character so much. That's so funny. It was the first time I was like, because at first I got confused by the fiction, nonfiction aspect of mm-hmm. it. And once I let that go, because who cares? Yeah. It, they're, they're singing cats, so. Right. Well, and they don't, they're not, they don't answer the question. Right. And it's not explicitly said that Growl Tiger isn't a real person. Mm-hmm. It just is, this is a play that, right. that Gus did. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm glad we're on the same page yeah, about that. Yeah. I like that. Okay, cool. That makes that story a lot more interesting. All yeah. right. Backing way up mm-hmm. to what you said about seeing it, you said the show um, isn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> or actually say, it's cool not to like this show. That's yeah. what you said. I, I think one of the funny things about this, it's funny that you just said that, because this show is not cool. It's not trying to be cool, Mm-mm. though. It's not just, at all. And I'm reminded of, which is also, is what I think it's mostly derided for. Mm-hmm. Because it's what the funny thing I like about it is, the, my favorite story about this show is Hal Prince, who directed Evita and then later Phantom for Angela Lloyd Webber, went to see it in London. Mm-hmm. And this is the first show Angela Weber did after Evita. Uh, it's 1981, I believe, in London. And Pr- Prince came up to him after the preview or after opening or whatever and said, so is it, is it like, is it an allegory? <laughs> and it's like Benjamin Disraeli. And it's like, he's trying to like find <laughs> oh, all no. this really, like something in it. And Angela Lloyd Webber said, Hal, oh, it's just cats. It's just singing cats. Yeah. And it's great. It, well, that's the thing. It's just sort of like, for some reason, <laughs> this show has no meaning whatsoever, has no cons in, in terms of greater allegory, mm-hmm. in terms of anything. And people seem to dis I don't know, dislike it, hate it for that reason. I don't quite understand what the the thing is on that level. I know what I don't like about the show, but I'm really interested with the vitriol mm-hmm. that it is mean to So when you saw it, and you were how old when you saw it? You said? Um, 14, 15, like early teens. And at the National or someplace yeah, such. Yeah, it's a yeah. touring game. It, like it, it toured a lot. You yes, know? yes. I mean, the house was full, mm-hmm. I assume. Completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everybody seemed to be into it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So who, like, it's really, I want to know what the Venn diagram is between people who really don't like cats. Right. Which I would count myself as. Sure. And people who, like, just say they don't like cats, uh-huh. but they're going to go see cats. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because there's clearly a lot of people out there who say they don't like cats yeah. and go to see cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not ironically. Like, right. Go to see cats. I would, if I could afford it, I would have already been up to see it. I was going to say, yeah, do you have plans times. to go up to New York to see oh, it? I, right. Maybe if it runs a long time again, but right now, <laughs> uh, not a chance. Although I have, like, I, like, follow them on Instagram okay. and, like, Twitter and stuff. And, uh, but, like, just, uh, I don't know. It was the, I remember the audience not being, like, it wasn't just kids. Right. It was like people my age or, you know, adults bring like my dad saw my I, my dad hates theater. <laughs> and like that did not compel him to like theater more. No, it wouldn't. Um, I don't think. And he is a cat lover, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, so but he was just like, oh, Jesus, Lord. Well, and um, I wonder how much of it is tied because there are also people mm-hmm. who hate 
musical theater. Yeah. With it's a, such a musical theater. And it is musical. like the most musical mm-hmm. musical yeah. ever. Yeah. Except for maybe like, what's that show called? Musical of Musicals, the musical, like uh, the parody show. You right, know what I mean? But right. like beyond that. Mm-hmm. They could have just done cats. <laughs> right. <laughs> just do cats. Yeah. You're looking for cats. The It's such a... I come out and I sing mm-hmm. in this really ridiculous costume mm-hmm. and I dance and it's not motivated by anything other no. than the fact that that song is over right. and this song is about to begin. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's what British would, the British would call light entertainment. Mm-hmm. It is just basically like a review or yeah. a, you know, an evening of theater, but it's put next to other, you know, it's it's playing right next to Book of Mormon, right. Hamilton, like shows that have yeah. something to say about Avenue Q, shows that have something right. to say about something and are trying to make a statement. And mm-hmm. then right next door there, at the, currently at the Neil Simon, though this production mm-hmm. ran at the Winter Garden forever and ever, is ever and ever and ever. Cats. <laughs> yes. And it just, it is what it is. And I, I, I kind of wonder that one of the things that makes people uncomfortable is that overt self-expression yeah. that a lot of music theater people have is yeah. just like no i'm just i'm gonna get up there and do something stupid i'm gonna sing this dumb song and Cause. wear this dumb costume and it's like so fun and it's not cool and you also like watching me do this even though you're pretending you yeah. don't yeah and i wonder how much of that also appealed to you because i heard you t- interviewed on um is anyone calling the show mm-hmm. i i noticed a lot of parallels between this mm-hmm. idea of identity and who are you and who right. do you say you are and expressing yourself and being comfortable with yourself and that music theater and cats sort of has all this line in common of just sort of pure self-expression right. and i wondered if you could talk on that for a second even though i've just sprung this big a concept <laughs> no i mean that's that is really interesting i hadn't really thought of it that way directly at least um so the show uh, that i refer to on the other podcast is bleach and razor it's a one-woman show um and it's about my experience with mental illness, in my case, uh, clinical depression, anxiety, and ADD. Um, and uh, the positive correlation between the, all of that in my head and uh, the body modification. I have a lot of tattoos. I dye, my hair is buzz cut and blue right now. A couple I different shades piercing. of blue, too. Yeah, like different that. shades, yeah. yes. Um, and... There is also a lot in the theater about being neutral, especially if you're an actor, especially a female actor. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to like, you know, be any any character that's blonde and long-haired and blue-eyed. Um, so I'm not that, you know, <laughs> and I never will be. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I was also like a weirdo. Like I am joyfully weird now. I have a tattoo that says "Stay Weird." Oh, yeah, I noticed my, that. My, I did it myself. I was gonna say you. That, that, that looks like a, one of the ones a, you gave that yourself. That is like yeah. a stick and poke tattoo, mm-hmm. and like it is. I I am joyfully weird, and I think this show is too. And maybe there's something to that. Just being yourself for no reason other than being yourself. Like I, it's allowed. Right, but I think that. Another problem that this show has is that it's joyfully weird. I agree with you. It is mm-hmm. joyfully weird. Or just is what it is. It yeah. is what it is and unapologetic. Yeah. But there are other shows like that. I mm-hmm. mean, Hedwiggy Angry Inch is Which like is that. Which is actually another favorite of mine. Oh, there you go. Yes, and, that is, and that's probably my favorite musical. And more on the campy side, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could think of, uh, I was going to say Rocky Horror is also that mm-hmm. way. I wish I could think of shows that aren't like in the same vein of that, but like that are sort of unapologetically themselves. Right. But I wonder how much of the vitriol towards cats like... Uh, when we talked about uh, when um, Beth Amon was here and we talked about Wicked mm-hmm. also played at the Winter Garden mm-hmm. is because of its success mm-hmm. like that you can be weird yeah 
and poor. Yeah. And you can close out of town or close after three performances. Mm-hmm. But you can't be unapologetically weird and successful, and successful at the same time. It, it, it is this sort of counterintuitive thing specifically in america that Mm -hmm. we have i don't i don't know how much that translates over in england i think i feel like they're a lot more relaxed about their entertainment in england (laughs) than we are maybe because we make so much of it Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i I mean uh, these thoughts are just sort of coming to me as we're talking but it it feels like that anything that's this successful is going to have detractors i mean and you only you don't have to go it's so cool to hate things right well right it was so funny how on the day after the tony awards i woke up to 19 posts about how dear evan hansen sucks like and that's just like you know and they weren't recent they were like reposts you know people were just like and yes you're right you win you Mm -hmm. succeed people want to tear you down it's just it's a natural reaction yeah but i want this show is almost impossible to tear it down because as you said there's no there there like it just is very much what it is and that sort of confidence can make people I think very, very uncomfortable yeah. in a very clear way. So I wonder how much of that is something, is that something that you felt you tapped into at all when you saw it or when you got, obviously initially if it was just this attraction of cats. Right. But it stuck with you for quite yeah, a long time. Absolutely. So what keeps you coming back to it? Well, I do think I also fell in love with theater mm-hmm. with seeing it. That was like my first experience, like um, being able to see something over and over again because I had the VHS and mm-hmm. like I maybe even taken to like a couple of shows that like all me by my grandmother mm-hmm. culturing me or whatever. I don't know. I, th- I know I saw Peter Pan at some point and decided, like, I'm going to be an actress. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it did bring me into theater as a mm-hmm. whole, I guess. Um, and, I, and it was my way into storytelling and understanding that there are stories to be told and, like, Places that I don't have any access to, which I liked. I don't know. Well, yeah. if it's so, it's funny that you say it's your access into storytelling mm-hmm. for something that has no story. Well, not as a whole, but as like a whole, right. each song is a, okay. is a life story about a, one of these characters, mm-hmm. and uh, there's so there's like the tiny little individual stories about these like well lived. Each it's like they are trying to show that their lives have been well lived mm-hmm. in order to get to the heavy side layer and all that stuff, and like so. Uh, and again, it's like just unapologetic, and like that was what I wanted to be. I was a weird, cross-eyed little kid, shy, you know, like terrible hair, like short boy haircut. It was like not <laughs> cute at all. Like so, like I had to love something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I, I you know I think it's like you're saying like when you say like when you when you try to tear down cats, it's like yeah, that is what the show is like. Right. It's about seeing cats. No. Right. <laughs> it's called cats. Just singing, dancing cats. Like, yeah. but like then, but what I also love and what I wanted, to, one of the things I wanted to talk about today was, um, it did introduce me to not only theater but theatricality. Okay. Um, which is so I call myself my like pithy playwriting thing that I have in my business cards sure. is kitchen sink surrealist. Okay. Um, and so I think what, and of course the show is gorgeous to look at. Like mm-hmm. the costumes are stunning. The makeup is stunning. The set. I, if I were a set designer, I would love to design a junkyard. Right. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And like with, there's so many good lighting opportunities. Tire I'm like, that's and, yeah. awesome. That's mm-hmm. so cool. But another thing that I love is the use of like found object puppetry okay. in cats. Like the, um, let's see, the peaks and the pollicles uh, where they become dogs and mm-hmm. they wear like shoes or whatever. And they make the train out of an umbrella for skimble shanks. And it happens a ton of times throughout the show with its puppetry. Mm-hmm. 
and I love that, like, kitty cats, you were, like, making a train, mm-hmm. you know? And I and I love that now in theater. Like, I love creating stories. Like, they are telling, they're storytellers. Those characters, they're cats, but they're storytellers about each life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use, and I, I just adore puppetry. I love, especially found object puppetry. Um, and it's just so creative. And, like, as a designer, I just imagine that show, even though it's, like, goofy and what it is right must be a dream like mm-hmm. i would love like doing lighter set or or costume i in fact i have made costumes um because i was in it in my freshman year of high school oh um and that was a time when like that tour people would go in costume like audience members okay. there was like a huge thing it was like all over the internet people would make their own costumes mm-hmm. and would go to town I like bought an I, I didn't but because I, I was little I like got an airbrush and like made like a bomb ballerina costume a Demeter costume and a rum tum tugger costume. Wow. Um. Yeah. And like you just really just need like some leg warmers and, and right. like the paint and like like a unitard. Mm-hmm. And I um, <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, uh, my burlesque troupe had a Broadway night, and I was kidding. Uh, and for those who don't know what that is, that is when uh, you are not performing in the show, but you go around picking up like discarded costume pieces and tips. Mm. And so I wore my cat's costume from when I was 14. Mm-hmm. I am turning 28 in a week. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it fit differently. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also like kind of proud of the craftsmanship that mm-hmm. I put into that. I, yeah. I ended up having to it toss it because I ripped it because it oh. was like 15 years old right. and I was like, yeah. oh, goodbye. Yeah. Um, but it was really kind of lovely to do a full circle thing like that. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is what inspired me for whatever reason to be this creative mm-hmm. and like to be a multifaceted hyphenated theater artist. Mm-hmm. I love to create. And uh, I was so proud of those costumes. I didn't wear it to the show. I was way too shy to ever do that. Wear it on the street. Pictures. I'm not like, hell no. You said something a minute ago that I think is is awesome. And I wanted to touch on it for a Mm -hmm. second. And that is this idea of learning to be weird. Mm -hmm. I think what you were going to finish by saying is like learning to be okay with the fact that you're weird. But there is something... There is a skill mm-hmm. to learning to be weird and learning when you can be weird and yeah. what that like. And then knowing that like if I'm going to be weird now, that's not, like and weird by weird. I mean me like yeah. uniquely me. If mm-hmm. I'm going to be uniquely me in this situation that runs counter to what everyone else was going to do. I also have to accept the uncomfortableness that will be coming at me mm-hmm. involuntarily during right. that moment. How did you come to learn to be weird and when to be weird and when to be OK with you know what it is <laughs> and if, if i mean okay but maybe it's too big of a question when did you start to realize that was something you had to do i you, that I, you had to be like situational i think i had no other choice i'm weird mm-hmm. it's just like who i am i like with theater i feel like we're all a little weird oh we're all super weird yeah, yeah and like it's like a small like you can be cool in theater and hate cats, but you're still a theater person. Oh, yeah. And that's not cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So you're, like, the cool kid in the not cool kid club. So, like, anybody who doesn't like cats, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you're so cool for not liking cats. <laughs> There's, like, great... Did you see when Lin-Manuel Miranda was on SNL? Uh, no, I He did... did uh, 
one of their you know pre-recorded music videos mm-hmm. was off theater party oh my god and he was the cool theater kid <laughs> and it was such a like it was so because it was also i think it was contemporary but it was so oh my god it was so accurate mm-hmm. i mean it was just this bundle of weirdos yeah. and the cool kid in the weirdo is the kid who gets his butt kicked in the objectively cool uh-huh. like setting uh-huh. and just oh my god it was so but it is that that thing of like of being who you are and being okay with it because there's also the fun the thing the bad the way theater can kind of go bad for me when you're a kid mm-hmm. is if you are you're slightly off whatever that means mm-hmm. the socially acceptable mm-hmm. track or at least you feel that way yes you go to this place where you get to pretend to be something else and that has an appeal to it but there's a lot of theater kids i knew who then would continue to pretend they were someone else mm-hmm when we weren't on stage and we all do it to a certain extent yeah, when we're in yeah. high school, but they tried to create like another personality to uh-huh. cover their actual like personality. one personality right. on top of another, on and, top of and another. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's just, when you do that, like it almost feels like you're going to forget who you are mm-hmm. at some point. It's like Jenga. You're like, pulling yeah, pieces right. that, like it's all going to fall apart because right. you're just piling on top. And so there is a balance to be struck. It's not just like you go to theater and you, you just are yourself. You are right. obviously, it's another social group with yeah. a, with with rules and with mm-hmm. constructs where you can be a certain kind of weird mm-hmm. or you cannot depending on who you fall in with and you yeah. better say you like Sondheim and you uh-huh. better say this and you better say you know what I mean and so it is still a social hierarchy oh absolutely so was it what like, what I'm really interested you seem very comfortable or at least knowledgeable about mm-hmm. who you are yes and very upfront about it mm-hmm. in a very non-aggressive like the way some people can be very aggressive yeah, yeah, you're sure. just like oh, this is me and I'm cool yeah. And you are. I think you're very cool. So you're welcome. Um, Well, you produced a couple of my scripts. So, you know, I was predisposed to like you before you came in the door. So uh, what what I'm interested in is this, though, this journey to was there a moment where you kind of went too far in the other direction when you were sort of like, I'm not you were sort of putting on a show for these for these people? Or was it much more a journey of like straight self-discovery? I don't think I ever tried to like fit in because i i mean i and i will uh even in theater groups and things like that then yes i mm-hmm. think tried you know, but like you mean but when you're trying to be cool in the uncool group like you're it's still, i like that like, distinction a lot there's yeah. still, still like there's authenticity to it for right. me from my like in my like lived experience but sure. like i just knew that that's never what i was going to be i got like i said i have i had like a really crossed eye i've had like several eye surgeries i'm partially blind like i have mental illness that like keeps me from um especially then because that was like before therapy mm-hmm. that i started like in college um i was just too scared um i was too scared of rejection mm-hmm. of the like the the top tier to ever try to be like the top tier. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, like you know, bottom. Same, yeah. yeah. Lower like, tier. It's lower safe tier. And and quiet. I, was like, I feel fine here. Right. It's safe. Head down. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then at some point, I think when I realized that I could like change how I looked, like I, uh, with like, and I tell the story in Bleach and Razor, like, which I mentioned is mm-hmm. my one woman show about uh, the first time I dyed my hair and it was catastrophic. Like, oh, yeah. I, it was, it was like, just like, some box of cheap blue hair dye that I did like the tips of my like net like like mm-hmm. unbrushed long wavy hair and it was like green brown blue, but I looked in the mirror and I was like, hell, yes, mm. this is who I am and I don't have to be like anybody else. I was the only kid in my middle school or in eighth grade or whatever right. who had dyed hair and I was like, 
oh, I can be different like, mm-hmm. in, in a specific way, in a way that I'm choosing, not as like a outcast, but as like, I, I just am who I am. Mm-hmm. And I mean, since then, it's really something that I have embraced. Like I, I have, you know, I... When you get ink put on you, mm-hmm. you can't really go back. <laughs> That's true. Lav a lot of money. That's true. Um, and even then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you're, and I, and like as a woman with short hair, like mm-hmm. I've always been like I was too tall, you know, all of these things just put me outside, inescapably the cool kids section. Um, and so I just went so you just ran and into ran it. with it, yeah. and like in the, in, an, in an authentic way, that is who I am. Um, I I don't care if people like judge me for liking cats because they're judging me for liking cats. Right. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like, I just have to be like, grow up. Right. There are so many other things you could judge me for. Well, and that's why I was shocked. But because like on Twitter, the poll was binary: yes, mm-hmm. no, whatever right. percentages represent. But on Facebook. Because my Twitter automatically posts to Facebook. Mm-hmm. It was just a question. Like, right. it just came up as a question. So people answered the question. Mm-hmm. And most, like, a lot of people just said yes or no. Actually, most yeah. people just said no. But there were some sentences in there of <laughs> of, 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 of bile yeah. <laughs> like, towards cats. Which is fine and fun. Like, mm-hmm. it is fun. It's also fun to talk oh, about I, shows. I love to talk about the art. show yeah. that people hate. It's so fun. But it, And it's fun when we talk about these things to be... Uh, to be superlative and say mm-hmm. it's the best show of all time or it's the right. worst show of all time. That's just, that's a lot of fun. And I, I do respect that. But it was so, the piling on after a while. <laughs> I read, I remember reading the beginning of that. Yeah. And I was like, he, tomorrow's going to be fun. That's, that's the thing is, I was just like, this is kind of, un, it was, it struck me eventually. And maybe because I read them kind of in, a, like, I was surprised by the high response. Right. That was one thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was surprised by the consistent. No. The nope, consistent nope. nope and like just relentlessness of it to the point, like I said, where I was just like, I feel bad for asking this question because I felt like I was beating up on the show. Like uh-huh. it, it, it was just like, this show is not like it didn't do anything. It didn't hurt anybody. It's right. just a show. Like, and it is not a show that espouses a point of view that I consider to be evil. <laughs> it really it's doesn't. Not, aside from like the one racist number, which they've right. now cut. Yeah. It, it doesn't have anything in it that's objectively uh, embarrassing. It passes the Bechtel test if you wanted to try yeah. to like put it on that level. T.S. Eliot is a problematic Absolutely. individual. But also like everybody's problematic. Well and also but he wasn't involved in this yeah. show. He was dead. He's so it dead. is really Andrew Lloyd Webber's interpretation right. of it. Now this brings me to my fun piece of trivia mm-hmm. and one thing you can actually hate about this show mm-hmm. in my opinion and that is that at the, uh, the 37th uh, annual Tony Awards in 1983 mm-hmm. when the show won Best Musical right. and Best Actress for Betty Buckley, mm-hmm. Best Score, uh, Best Direction, Best Costumes, Best Lighting. Did not win Best Set, interestingly, because that was before they split it between musical and play. So the play uh, K2 won. It also won Best Book for T.S. Eliot. T.S. Oh. Eliot posthumously won a Tony well, for Best cool. Book of a Musical. Well, is it? Well, well you question. know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's a poem. I will say. The, the 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 other three shows nominated were uh, Peter Stone and Timothy Meyer for my one and only, which mm. is a review of Torch songs. So, right, yeah. Uh, Richard Levinson and William Link for Merlin, mm-hmm. which was a musical about the wizard Merlin and was ran for like a hundred performances. <laughs> Betty Condon and Adolph Green, old old story for A Doll's Life, which is the musical sequel to A Doll's House, which is interesting Ooh. now considering there is a like sequel to A Doll's yeah, House yeah, playing yeah. right now. Uh, 
which is a famous flop, uh, yeah. directed by Hal Prince, like starring mm-hmm. Peter, a very young mm-hmm. Peter Gallagher, like a very famously floppy musical. So that probably wasn't going to win anyway. So it is almost a process of elimination, Tony. Yeah. But should T.S. Eliot have been nominated for Tony for the Book of Cats? He did write a book. Right. But he wrote a, I don't know. It's a I book of poems. I think, some, I forget who I was talking to about this recently, but uh, honestly, <laughs> the best career move you can make as an artist is to die. Oh, certainly. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so like that, I feel like that's when my plays are going to like they skyrocket. take off. Absolutely like, right. I'm like, all right, well, mm-hmm. you know, he did what he was supposed to do. He right. died. So yeah. he was successful. All he had to do was die. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a lot less work. And honestly, like uh, not <laughs> white men win everything. So, like, right. color me surprised. Sure. Oh, certainly. <laughs> well, you know, there's a nominee here. I mean, it's kind of funny. There's there's a four shows, among them seven people, mm-hmm. six of whom are white men, and the dead one won. So yeah. that works. So I honestly, I don't, I... Okay. Like, who it cares? was a weak year. Some, I mean, we'll some say. Some white guy won something. That's a good approach. That's a very healthy. dead. Ap- that's a very healthy approach <laughs> to take. I respect that greatly. Because, uh, I mean, he he also won, technically, he won two Tony Awards, because mm-hmm. he won for Best Score with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Right. But that makes sense to me. Those were mm-hmm. his lyrics and, and, uh, yeah. and such. And I really do respect Andrew Lloyd Webber for not taking lyrical credit on this show which yeah. he absolutely was in his rights mm-hmm. to do because he did reframe and mm-hmm. remove and and shift these these poems in a certain way right so he was absolutely like legally within his rights mm-hmm. to do it he just didn't and i think that's really awesome it does kind of suck also though for trevor nunn who right. wrote the lyrics to memory yeah i would like that the song or the i hope he gets paid anyway like, yeah, like, well, you know maybe. i really hope he gets paid yeah uh i'm sure he gets paid but it, it's a so this ties into this idea of sort of people i, I really want to I want to I want to go in now kind of a shift into why we think people hate this show mm-hmm. and then I want to close on the positive notes of what right. we both like about this yeah. show specifically you because um, <laughs> there are things I like about it but my yeah. list will be shorter so what is it I'll tell you what really bugs me about this show mm-hmm. and this is a tiny thing but I, I wonder if it's important the word jellical mm-hmm. climbs up my spine in that oh, opening number interesting. That it's would, the repetition that would of be it. a killer it, yeah that said a lot I mean I don't is it? I mean, it is just a nonsense word, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, like Shakespeare made up like every other oh, word. So. No, and it's poetry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. t- that that's and that's the thing I wonder about. Like in a poetry context, mm-hmm. of course. It, I mean, it's it's Lewis Carroll. It's yeah. it's whatever it is. It's a, you know. But in a musical, like the repetition, sure. of, I think there's a certain point where they say jellical enough times where I really like. I kind of start to wonder what it means in yeah. a real like specific way yeah. in a distinction between. A jellical cat versus a cat. All cats are jellical cats. Okay, see that's okay. Good. That's a, that's that's a good. <laughs> thank you for telling me that. That's an important because what's so funny about this, like structurally speaking, is they sing jellical songs for jellical cats, mm-hmm. which is what it is. And then they, there's this stanza at the end where that one cat comes out and says, "There's a man over there with a look of surprise, as much as to say, well, now how about that?'" Do I actually see with my own very eyes a man who's not heard of a jellical cat? What's a jellical cat? What's a jellical cat? And then they don't answer the question. They go right into the naming of cats. But right? then they do the whole show. Well, they do the whole show, right? But it doesn't quite answer the question. What else about, is there anything in this show that you find like, okay, like that, that kind of grates on me a little bit or that sort of. I mean, there's, it's not my favorite musical. Sure. Um, oh yeah. I 
skip like when I do listen to it, I like anything old Deuteronomy sings. I'm like, you're boring. Um, it has a nice voice though. Yes. Ken Page. Oh yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, he is sort of. Deuteronomy. I mean, they brought yeah, him back right. for a video. Exactly. He's yeah. very yeah. yes, and, and you know, I get got a it. great laugh. He's got a yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. But you're right. The songs are terribly, <laughs> very, very like boring. Old, the song "Old Deuteronomy" is only interesting because Monka Strap and Rum Tum Tigers sing it, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. eh, it's a patriarchy. And it's beautiful. There's a patriarchy even in the cat's oh world. God. God. Do you think I'm right in saying this passes the Bechdel test? By the way, I just kind of um, threw that out there. I mean, if we the... treat it as a piece of theater hmm. with a script. Which it won a Tony for, the rule being two named female characters at any point talk or in this case sing about anything mm-hmm. other than a man. No, it doesn't actually. It doesn't. Okay, I would say no because Jelly Lorem or Jenny Annie Dots. Uh, sorry, yeah, Jenny Annie Dots, sung by Monkastrap, who's like the silver cat. Uh, Demeter uh, and Bomb Ballerina sing about Macavity, and Jelly Lorem sings um, Gus the Theater Cat. So it doesn't. I'm going to push back, though, and say that Jelly Lorem and Jemima also sing about Grisabella. Uh, Demeter and Bombalarina. <laughs> oh, okay. About, See, it says here in, in the Wikipedia Grisabella. thing, it says Jelly Lorem and Jemima. Okay. No. Jemima, Jemima and Grisabella sing together at the end. Uh, Jemima, or Syllabub in like the UK, um, she's like the cute little kitten cat. They also don't talk to each other a lot, though. I'm now, no. as I say that, they're talking to us. Yes. So it doesn't qualify really yeah. period it doesn't sort of qualify in yeah any i can only think of a few places where the cats even like talk to, to each, each other. other rather than singing about each other like which is uh, a moment we mentioned like i might mention mungo jerry i'm you know whatever, yeah, yeah. riddle bone and they're talking about like uh macavity and all that stuff right um do any of the women have songs about them uh, Jenny Annie Dots. Oh, Jenny Annie Dots. But that's, that's true. Uh, she's is the only one, I think. Because I'm just looking at the title. It just didn't, you know, hi, straight white man. Did not occur <laughs> to me that the songs are Rum Tum Tugger, Buster for Jones, yeah. Mungo Jerry, and Rumpel Teaser. Mm-hmm. Who I guess you could cast either way. Um, I mean, our men, I played Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> they are, our men, but they don't, they, I don't think do, I don't, I'm trying to remember what the pronouns are and I just don't. Uh, Gus the theater cat, mm-hmm. Skimble Shanks, mm-hmm. McCavity, and Mister Mustafa—they're yeah, all, all, all songs about men, yeah, except for Jenny Any Dots, mm-hmm. and it's sung by someone else by a male cat. Right, and is one of the more boring songs too. I except will for say. the tap number by Cockroaches. Oh, that's true. It's got the that's tap awesome. number in it. Oh. The Beatles tattoo. What and are you talking the, about? Right, and that's the so much um, fun. when it breaks the Andrew Sisters section. I totally mm. forgot about that. Yeah, oh. guess, no, she does sing a little bit about herself in that song. Yes, yeah. I forgot about that. Gosh, that's funny. It's so funny. Like, well, but as I like again, I try to put this like political, right. socio, like mm-hmm. let's let's put the Bechdel test to it, right? And it doesn't even yeah. take the t- like it won't Let's even sit the for the test, it, right? It, because it does, like you say, they don't interact with each other, mm-hmm. so it kind of defeats. Yeah, it defeats the purpose of the test. So it's like the show confounds analysis. Yeah, at every single turn. One of the things I think the more we talk about it, the mm-hmm. more I think it just comes down to the fact that people dislike the things that I think most people like about it, which is it just is what it is. It's yeah. just, there's no more, there's no less. Yeah. And it just sort of happens. And I think it's very telling that there were several people who were like, I loved being in it and I would mm-hmm. never see it. Because yeah. that speaks to a certain amount of fun that the show is. Yeah. If you are participating. Right. What's your favorite song from the show? Skimble Shanks. Really? Yes. Wow. He's so much fun. Oh my gosh. 
That is unexpected. Really? That is one of my least favorite songs. Oh, in I this love show. that. I, just, I, I love it. Just so joyful. It is. I I I, uh, I have a. I guess I, I take issue with people who can't watch something for the joy of it. Sure. Um, I think people who like as a character trait, just like I know some people who have the character trait or have chosen to have the personality trait of being like, I'm gonna not like stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Oh, you have really? You, yeah, in, I know. In theater, you've met these people. I'm startled. And I'm like, that's yeah. so boring. Yeah, being a nerd is awesome. All a nerd means being a nerd means you like a thing a lot. Right. And I just am driven. I it drives me crazy when people just hate stuff to mm-hmm. hate on it. Oh sure. And so there's something, and and that's that's I guess what I love about cats is just like. Well, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> like we are allowed to have fun in the theater. I know that's shocking. Yeah. And like, I know we can play like fringe festival bingo of like every political Shakespeare. <laughs> I know there's all this drama now. Well, and, yeah, you with know, Julius like, Caesar. Yeah, yeah. The same show. You know, I'll, I'm just like, I just sometimes want to enjoy something. Well, you can do both. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what gets, that hopefully it probably won't, but one of the lessons that Hamilton can teach us mm-hmm. is you can be fun yes. and you can have a point exactly. and be really good yes. all at the same time. That Venn diagram does exist. Right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Or even, I think Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812 mm-hmm. shows us this. Like That show is serious about some serious things right. and deals with a very sad, depressing mm-hmm. story in a very life-affirming, joyful way. Right. And... You can buy it or you cannot buy it, but it is like that. It does that thing. It, right. it really doesn't. You don't have to just be like. There's fun shows and then there's serious shows. Yeah. And there's that. It's why every year in January I get furious at the Golden Globes because mm-hmm. we have best musical, best picture, musical or comedy, right? Best picture drama. And aside from the fact that as someone who's like studied this for years, I hate genre theory. Mm-hmm. It's insane yeah. to me that like best picture drama is their like big award. That's the yeah. one everyone wants to know. Whereas like comedies to me always teach us way more about who we are as a person. Like it's so much, it's almost shooting fish in a barrel often to make people cry. Like that's just, you know, you know how to do that. It's hard to make people laugh. It's hard to be funny. It's really hard to be funny. It's kind of easy to be sad because we Mm -hmm. all know what makes people sad. Right. Um, And I, I mean, as a writer myself, I, all I write is dark comedy pretty much. Um, It's, if I can get someone to laugh, I can get them to think. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can get them to think, I can hopefully get them to talk. There was an actor, uh, Marlene Danielle. She was in it for the, the entire whole time. run. Can you believe that? Like, I love cats, but so this, dear God. <laughs> this show ran for 7,485 performances. It opened October of 82. It closed in September of 2000. Holy and you know, in, the, it's the fourth longest running musical in Broadway, first running, fourth longest running show in Broadway history. The other three above it are Lion King, Chicago, and Phantom, all of which are still running and, mm-hmm. and will, you know, continue to run and kick yes, it. Forever. The next one on its tail that is still running is Wicked. Mm-hmm. Wicked has to run until 2021 <laughs> in order to beat Cats. Yeah. So that's not a small, like we think yeah. of Wicked as having run forever. Wicked's right. been on Broadway for 14 years, mm-hmm. almost. And it's got to run for another, you know, what, another four or five after yeah. that to beat Cat. So it is a is a formidable record mm-hmm. to do a show that's this physically intensive yes. for almost exactly eighteen years is bananas to me. That 
she if she had given birth that child would like <laughs> would have graduated would have from graduated high school. high school that's amazing and like just the but also it's like it's so admirable because that show is not easy and i am yeah. not a dancer in any way shape or form and like the dancing is just so intense and gorgeous yeah and for me that is one of the draws of the show because like i don't dance like right. besides like burlesque a little right um but like watching it is like that like the power of the human body what do you have coming up that you could tell people about? So I have with Pinky Swear Productions my first um, my first full length professional show, oh. which is Safe as Houses, um, and every other month I so I co founded and um, co produce a theatrical action series called Act Out, which is with uh, two other uh, DC theater people, Amanda Zeitler and former guest of this podcast, Amanda Zeitler. What? Former oh, yes, yes, podcast, yes, Amanda yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Annalisa Diaz. And it's a, we do it every other month. It's just like a chance to be angry or whatever else you feel about the current political climate. Sure. And then we do an open mic and we donate uh, part of the, uh, like, pay what you want. We donate part of it to a local or non local um, nonprofit. And I'm in a burlesque troupe called Manic Pixie Nightmares. So. Google that. Google that. It's, it's a great time. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very, very nice. Thank you so much for coming down. Thank you. And talking about this this show. I love it. This I is going to be fun. Forever. I'm really interested to hear how people think about this show. <laughs> Me too. It's... You know, I think people are going to be like, I'm, I secretly like cats too. Well, they're, but they're not going to tell me because then... No, they, I think they, think they will. Tell me? I think oh. people are going to be like, you think know, gonna I don't get like out of the woodwork? Yeah, they're like, oh, well, well, you know, like if one person is like, oh, I like this uncool thing. Everyone, not everyone, but there are people who are like, mm-hmm. oh they're just God. waiting for someone else to say Me yes. Me too. Yeah. And I feel like I've kind of always been that person who likes the weird thing and mm-hmm. is like not ashamed about it. And I, I found like a lot, like I said, I wrote fan fiction and I did like role playing online. I found my people. Yeah, what was the website for the fan fiction again? Uh, fanfic, uh, fanfiction.net. I will not tell you the username. <laughs> oh, well, we gotta, how are we going to find your cat's fan fiction? Oh, uh, buy me a drink. <laughs> oh, well, you, oh, I see how it is. Okay. All right. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. If you like the original cast, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's the easiest way to make sure other people find the show. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. My thanks to Natalie Ann Pagari for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. <laughs>